Hello and welcome to today's episode of the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and today we are joined by Moy Chambers of LifeVantage. He is their Senior Vice President of IT, uh, and I'm excited to talk to Moy about how IT integrates with, with MLMs and some of the challenges facing IT directors. We look forward to talking to Moy. Thanks for joining us, Moy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Kenny? Good, good. Um, so just so that our, our listeners know, uh, this is Moy Chambers from LifeVantage, and you're currently, make sure I got your title correct, the, the Senior Vice President of IT, correct? That's correct. And you and I obviously uh, go back a long ways uh, from your your time when you worked at Infotracks and taught me a lot of the things that, that I know. Uh, and it's great to, to have you joining us. So maybe just to, to start out, give our listeners a little bit of background, uh, where you've come from and, and how you've ended up at LiveVantage and, and within the direct sales industry. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting story. I actually started out in direct sales as a distributor for Melaleuca back in the 90s. So my first experience was as a distributor, but um, I I was working in Washington, D.C. I worked for the White House, um, did a lot of trade software systems for them. But um, I moved back to Utah around 1999, got involved in MLM software, working for Infotrax. Um, then I moved on to the other side where I actually went to work for my first MLM company. It was actually Zango. Um, spent some time at Zango, helped help Zango convert off a homegrown system to uh, to Infotrax. And then um, I went to a company called Agile. They were on a whole different platform, um, using a lot of open source, and they had purchased the source code, and so we had a full staff development team. And then from Agile... Um, I moved on to some other startup companies to help them write software. Um, I left the industry for a couple of years, thought I'd get out, and I went to work for Wangcore, which is a specialist in aircraft parts. And then I started finding that there was a need in this industry for consultants. So for a couple of years, I was consulting to small startup MLM companies, True Vision Health, I did some work for Unicity, which is really not a startup, but, um, and then um, I got contacted by the CEO of LifeVantage to come back and uh, run their IT department. So that's kind of a short version of my experience. Well, yeah, and I, so I knew you had been obviously on the vendor side and I knew you'd been in-house. I didn't realize you had the trifecta where you were also a distributor for a time. So that uh, definitely kind of gives you uh, a little picture of the the whole pie. Um, and so, yeah, we're glad to, to have you on and share some of your experience. So I'd be curious just to start out, um, pertaining to, to IT and how it's used within the MLM space, what are some of the biggest changes you've seen um, within, within, yeah, just how IT solutions are crafted? Um. I think that the, well, some of the biggest changes I've seen is, you know, change has changed. It used to take you two or three years to make a change to an IT system. Now, nowadays, 
that time frame is just shorter. You know, they're expecting big changes in six months or even changes in three months, or we need this change done by a convention next month. So the the distance of the, the, the time frame of change is drastically changed. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does. And, and I've, I've seen that as well. And I think also that that makes me think, uh, one of the other things along with the going along with that same point of how change has changed is the visibility to that change. So I remember particularly coming from a commission's standpoint, um, if somebody was moving, if somebody was making a change to their comp plan that was going to be effective, you know, say July 1st, that meant that we had to have it uh, all buttoned up and ready to go, ready to run by August 15th because that's when uh, they were going to run it and print recaps, print checks, right? Uh, and obviously, you don't want to be finishing the coding on August 15th, but that kind of gave you your drop-dead date. Like, this thing has to be completely out the door, finalized August 15th. People, distributors, consultants, business professionals are expecting to be paid. Now, um, if there's a, a change for july that goes into effect july 1 it's got to be done and ready to go july 1 because you've got uh different volume calculations and and rank advancement projections and all of that is so visible now the 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 margin for error is much smaller because of the transparency that the kind of the it world has enabled you know through things like the internet and mobile app and things like that so i think yeah that is uh it's a totally interesting thing whereas before you know to change systems was just such a headache and it still is a headache but it's a different shorter term faster changing less expensive headache than it used to be yeah how have you seen the internet just recently change the way that that your it solutions are, are even crafted because uh, from my experience, the, the internet, while enabling a lot of great things, it also adds a dimension uh, that we didn't have originally. You know, I'm thinking from, like I say, a compensation standpoint, you, you normally had the comp plan and, and the visibility into it was the recap and the check that you got. And now those still exist a lot of times. I mean, maybe not the check. Uh, but you've also got, like I say, mobile and now uh, mobile now. And then, you know, we've had the Internet for a long time. Um, how does how does all the different ways for people to that people have to access information change your job heading up an IT department? Um, that's a good question. You know, with a lot of people just think you just jump on the cloud and, you know, you can run out there on the cloud but you can't really just, you know, do that. You have to have to have a good partner and come up with a good strategy. We we are leveraging the cloud today on um, some of our technology that we wanted to bring in house. Um, and then what we do is we have the um, our cloud solutions connect to our software as a service InfoTracks through their APIs. So if you've got a, a provider like InfoTracks that has a good set of APIs, you, you can start leveraging cloud technology if you want to. Um, 
and you can we've done replicated sites we've done um, spot orders quick shopping stuff we've uh, doing some enrollments now where we're leveraging the cloud against the api's so it's it's a lot more flexibility you can scale um, with that and you're not um, dependent on your SaaS partner if you, if you don't want to be. And that's a great point. Uh, you, you know, one of the things uh, going back in time is it used to be you had you either built in-house or you outsourced. And when you outsourced, you were you weren't integrating with a bunch of different solutions, right? I mean, there were your main software provider was who you are invested in. Um, and, and it kind of had to be a one-stop shop, um, just because of the, the overhead of integration. And obviously that's an oversimplification there. There've always been some level of integration capable, but now it really is a, a whole different world. And I think we're probably still on the, on the cusp of, of what's possible where you can take different solutions that different third-party people have or uh, do a hybrid in-house third-party solution where you're able to pass, you know, through the APIs, just much smaller pieces of it. And you don't have to be 100% reliant on any one service provider. And you can have kind of that hybrid solution where if, you know, company XYZ has a really great tool that you want to partner with, uh, that doesn't mean a divorce from uh, your current provider. That that that's an opportunity to integrate. Um, but it also, I'm sure, for you makes for doing a lot more homework. You've got. I mean, talk to me about <clears throat> what it takes. How many different tools do between distributors and and other people, uh, either corporately or. Vendors, you've got a lot of people that want to integrate with you guys, I'm sure. Yeah, we do. We get um, contacted quite a bit with different vendors, you know, it could be mobile apps. And, you know, mobile apps um, can be anything from helping you prospect to helping you, you know, remind you what you have to do step by step by step to be successful. And there's, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, if you look at sales in general, they're probably where the first apps ever written was probably to help a salesman make a sale. So there's a, a wide variety of those out there. And so um, it's kind of interesting. I sit on the CIO board for the direct selling industry, and we sit down and talk as a group two or three times a year. And some of the um, CIOs have taken the position just to let the leaders go out and find what works best for them and and they'll be successful. Sometimes it's hard to put somebody in a box and say, okay, now you, you got a function in this box. Yeah. And I, I can definitely see that, but what kind of uh, responsibility does that then put on you if they want to do in integrations where they, you know, pull information from the backend system or, or is it pretty uh, isolated where you can let them go partner with whoever and, and it doesn't necessarily affect you guys? Well, 
you can't really let distributors go partner with their with anybody, but you can take you know third party software vendors if they want to sign an NDA with you and write a nap for you. And we've we've done that with three or four other partners where, but and then we just look at the app and the functionality. And it's then what we do is um, we have this tribal knowledge in house with my small development staff, and we can tell these third-party providers, here's the APIs you need to do to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And sometimes we've been able to say, well, we'll just write you a wrapper. We know the APIs. We have that knowledge. So we'll just write a single API for them, and then we'll go out and hit maybe two or three and two info tracks, wrap it up nice and pretty, and give it back to the provider. I mean, sometimes it's a lot easier just to do that route. Yeah. So uh, where do you see things going? Do you think we're just going to continue down this path of uh, people taking smaller and smaller chunks where they become the expert? I mean, at Infotrax, we're focusing uh, most of our resources on our commission engine. Um, And do you see that being the the state of things in, in a few years where uh, a company like Life Vantage is going to have partnered with, you know, half a dozen key uh, service providers that specialize in, in a pretty narrow thing. Do you think uh, the one-stop shop is going to make a resurgence? What are you seeing, and and what do you think is the place where somebody like yourself could be most served that's not currently being served? So I think. Um you know, where we're headed is we want to be in control of the user experience. And if that user experience needs to tie in with our product line, we'll tie certain experiences into certain product lines. We'll market them that way. It's always nice to have an engine on the back end that, you know, um, I've written commission programs before. (laughs) I've written them in several languages. They're not fun to write and they're not fun to maintain. Um, you might think so because you've had a lot of experience in commission engines, but um, it's nice to be able to have these sophisticated systems on the back end that you can just interface with. And I always tell everybody in our industry that people don't understand, you know, we'll get financial uh, people come in and say, oh, we can hook in, you know, whether it be AX or Great Plains or um, JD Edwards or SAP, but what makes these systems, especially in direct selling, more really complicated is that you have a point of sale system that just run, runs out there and takes all these orders on the internet, and really you have this genealogy system. I'd say it's like an Ancestry.com. So you take an e-commerce and the Ancestry.com, and you shove the two systems together, and they got to be right 100% of the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, you know, because the orders flow up the tree, you know, you got your group volume, you got all your other stuff. And, you know, I don't want to have to worry about that stuff. I don't want to worry about the trees. I don't have to worry about the commissions. I just want to say I want to give my users the best user experience. That uh, is extremely well put. I think that that really is uh, where we're headed. And I, I think that is the beauty of where things are. Uh, is that now somebody like yourself can, like you say, take the user experience and make sure you've tailored it 
to the way uh, that fits your brand, that fits your culture, that fits your product, but that you're leveraging um, tried and true uh, engines and systems on the back end, um, but you're not reliant on them telling your story. And I think that that, you know, that to me, Really, if I were going to give somebody just a, a primer on what I think they should be trying to accomplish as an in-house, you know, uh, director of IT or, or vice president of IT, that's what my goal would be is to say, you want to know what? This isn't about having the largest IT department. It's not about, uh, you know, building the, a revolutionary system. It's about partnering with people that give me that control. Um, and so, yeah, I appreciate the, the way, the way that you put that, um, you know, we're about out of time, but I, I am curious just to get your, your overall perspective. What, what are some of the, some of the tools that would best help the industry thrive and, and, uh, yeah, I think just leave it at that. What are some tools that you think this industry is in need of from an IT perspective? Um, you know, they really need uh, simplicity tools. Sometimes you get out there and some tools get so complicated that the users don't use them. And sometimes it's just a matter of fact, I'm just going to have a straightforward, simple website that's responsive. Sometimes it's like I'm going to have a simple app that just helps me share stuff out on the uh, in social media, um, and you have to really look at your user base. Um, and I know some startup companies they they want to be really flashy and they want to go, you know, for the younger generation and stuff, but they overwhelm them sometimes. So it, it's interesting. Some of the small startups I've worked with. We had to scale it back and simplify it. And even though you're looking at millennials that have grown up with technology, you know, sometimes you can overwhelm them. And you, that would be the last thing I would think I could overwhelm as a millennial. But, um, yeah, you have to be – just keep things simple um, and, and work on the processes. Um, make sure you do good business processes and keep it simple. And every everybody I've talked to that's tried to interface and, and go with um, different accounting systems or whatever, it all comes back to, you know, best business practices. You know, and and I think we'll end there because I, I think that's just a great note to go out on. You know, I technically I think I'm just barely a millennial still, and the thing that I will say is. Yes, millennials, you know, they've grown up with so much technology um, and I do everything on my phone, on my computer, right? It just is, that's my whole life. But there's so many apps and so many websites and so many tools out there that if you don't keep it simple, your people are just going to move on to the next one, right? They're, they're, people aren't, it's such a low investment, right? Most apps are free or you know, in-app purchase type stuff that you, you're not, people aren't as invested as people seem to think they are when they're designing them. So I think, you know, like you say, you got to keep it simple. You've got to give people the chance to 
uh, live their life and use your app or your tool within what they're doing or else they're going to move on without it. Okay, well, Moy, I, I appreciate it so much. Uh, it's always been good to, to work with you, and I appreciate your time this morning, or I guess this afternoon now. Um, and I, I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. And that's it for today's episode of the MLM.com podcast. We'd like to again thank Moy for his time and his expertise uh, and his insights. We'd also like to thank Jana Bengeter and Adam Holdaway for production support. As always, this is Kenny Rollins, and we look forward to you listening to us again next time.